I'm going to speak tonight about speaking in tongues. Everybody say speaking in tongues. This church believes in that. But the lesson that we're going to take a look at tonight is the most confusing subjects, or one of the most confusing subjects uh, to people and, and them trying to understand the Word of God. And I hope tonight that we can bring, bring some simplicity to that and carefully study what the Scripture has to say about speaking with other tongues. The use of tongues in the Bible falls into two distinct categories. Now listen closely tonight, and if I get too quick, you just wave your hand and I'll go back over it. The use of tongues falls into two distinct categories that you must distinguish or you will never understand the Bible truth about tongues. You will never understand it if you don't understand that there's more than one kind of tongues. The Bible speaks. The first, the first kind of tongues is the tongues that is used in the Scripture as the evidence that a person has received the Holy Ghost initially. Everybody got that? That's one kind of tongues. The other kind of tongues is used in the church among the saints for the edification of the assembly present or personal edification of the saint who speaks with tongues. Now, we're going to, we're going to talk about these things tonight. First of all, let me tell you that we believe that God promised the Holy Ghost to everybody. Because the Scripture bears that out. If you go to the Old Testament and you read in the book of Joel, chapter 2, you will find where Joel prophesied and said that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh. He said, your sons and daughters shall prophesy and so forth. But he promised that the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. We understand. And we know from studying the Scripture and uh, this is really an, another whole Bible study within itself, that the promise of the Holy Ghost was for everybody. In Matthew, when Jesus was baptized of John the Baptist, uh, John said, John said, or Jesus said, when, when he was baptized, uh, excuse me, John said when he was baptized, I barely baptized you with water and repentance, but there's come, one coming after me that will baptize you with the Holy Ghost in fire. In Luke, Jesus promised the Holy Ghost to His disciples. And all through the Scriptures in Acts, we understand that when the Holy Ghost came, in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 39, after Peter had told them what to do, he then said, For the promise of the Holy Ghost is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Is there anybody here tonight glad that you have the promise of the Spirit of God in your life? I'm glad for that. Amen. So, with that, there came, there came an outpouring of the Holy Ghost because of the promise. I'm not going to go back and read all the Scriptures on the promise. I just want you to know that the promise was for everybody. Jesus said... Before he left, he told his disciples to go and tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power 
from on high. That's in Acts chapter 1. Well, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost fell. And if you read, if, uh, who's, Brother Tommy, are you with me tonight? Because I'm fixing to load you up, okay? We're going to the Word of the Lord, and I want, you, I want you to see these Scriptures tonight. Very simple. I want you to take notes. I want you to write them down. I want you to be able, when we walk out of here tonight, to tell anybody that talks to you about speaking with tongues. The Scriptures tell us that we should be ready to give every man an answer. Amen? We don't just say we believe something. We have to know why we believe something. So, I'm going to begin tonight with the, the speaking and other tongues that came as the evidence of the initial filling of the Holy Ghost in the lives of Christians. So in Acts chapter 2, what happened in that day, on the day of Pentecost, we'll just go to verse 1, and we'll begin right there. The Bible said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, it filled all the house where there were, they were sitting. Watch this. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as the fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled. Everybody say, they were all filled. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And what happened when they received the Holy Ghost? And they all began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Everybody understand that? Let's read on just a little bit. The Bible said there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And, and uh, when this was noise, the broad the multitude came. I'm not going to go through all the, the languages that were there, but, but every man, the Bible said, heard them speak with their, in their own language. Now, I want to pause before I go any further, because... I want you to understand the meaning of tongues. The meaning of tongues is actually languages. And if you will keep that meaning in your mind, you will, you will, be, you will better understand the subject that we're talking about tonight. There are, now, now watch this, there are two basic kinds of tongues spoken of in the Scriptures. There are... Everybody say other tongues. The Bible said other tongues. And then there are unknown tongues. There are two different kind of tongues. Now, here's what happens. Let me just pause here a minute and I'll do this through the lesson. But here's what happens. When you say speaking with tongues, everybody just runs and gets their Bible and they turn to, to 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. I'm, I'm going to go there tonight. And I'm going to give you a good explanation of what that is. But here's, here's what you have to understand. You can't take Acts and put it over in Corinthians. Acts is where people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost for the very first time. Amen? Corinthians, let me just give you a little quick Bible study. Watch this. Everybody, everybody say this with me. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Say it with me. That's four Gospels. Now, what are the four Gospels? That's the, the birth, the life, the death, the ministry, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what that's about. Tells, about. tells about the Gospel. The book of Acts is literally called the Acts of the Apostles. 
It is where the church began. It is where the Jews received the Holy Ghost as well as the Gentiles, and we'll talk about that. From, from Romans through Jude, does anybody know what that is? The books of the Bible from Romans through Jude are epistles. Thank you, Brother Greg. An epistle is a letter that is written to people who were already saved. You can't go to Corinthians and find out how to get saved, but you can go to Corinthians and find out how to stay saved. You can't go to Galatians and find out how to get saved, but you can find out how to stay saved. What I'm trying to tell you is the book of Acts is where the the Acts of the Apostles is where the church began. Amen? 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Romans... 1 Thessalonians, 2nd Th- all of these are epistles that are written to the church. And then the book of Revelation is the book of the apocalypse telling or foretelling the future. It's a book of prophecy. So that's the way it breaks down. And every theologian will, will tell you that's the way it breaks down. So in order to find out how to get saved, you have to go to the book of Acts. Because this is where the church began. In order to find out how to stay saved, you go from Romans through Jude. That is an epistle to the church to tell us what we need to do to live for God. Everybody said amen. So, remember this. Other tongues. Everybody say other tongues. And say unknown tongues. You say, what is the difference? Here it is. The word other tongues refers to a language spoken by spirit utterance. That the speaker has not learned. Yet, it is a language of some other part of the world that could be understood by a person who knows that particular language. This is a language other than that which you learn, which you know. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. There were people from different languages. Now, everybody didn't start preaching. You hear some people and some... Bible scholars say they all preached. No, they didn't. They were worshiping and magnifying God. Peter preached the message at Pentecost. But what they did when they received the Holy Ghost is they spoke in languages that were understood by people of other nations. And it still does happen today. It still genuinely happens today. Everybody said amen. So that's what other tongues are. Now, you say, well, what is an unknown tongue? Let me, let me say this to you. It is a definite language, but it is not understood by men or man anywhere in this world. A person who speaks in a language does not speak to man but to God. And I'm going to show you Scripture for that. You can go read it. As a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 14 and 2, the Bible talked about an unknown tongue. We speak to God and not to man. So man can't understand it. This kind of tongue belongs to members of the body of Christ. Now, so let me, I'm trying to go slow and make sure I cover every aspect of this. So let, let, let let me say this to you. Both kinds of tongues are very important. And they are both supernatural and they are both. 
spirit utterance. In other words, let me show you what utterance means, okay? If I say, Jimmy Williams, say praise the Lord. And Jimmy Williams says, praise the Lord. I gave Jimmy Williams the utterance. It's that simple. When the Spirit gives you utterance, you speak whatever the Spirit gives you to say. It's not a mystical thing. It's a supernatural thing that happens when the Spirit begins to move on humanity. Everybody said amen. So, so if you go study Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, and 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 2, you will find that both the unknown tongue and the other tongues come as the Spirit gives the utterance. I want to take care of some business here tonight. I hope I don't hurt your feelings. I'm the pastor of this church, and the pastor of other churches can do whatever they feel like's right. But I don't think you can tell a congregation, let's all speak in tongues. And the reason I'm saying that, because I've been in a few places lately where they did that. Let's all speak in tongues. I don't think you can do that. I think you speak in tongues when the Spirit of God comes on you, and you feel that, and you can say it, and you can speak it, and know it's of God, and everybody in the house can't speak in tongues at one time. If that crosses your theology, bring your Bible and come see me. Amen. So, let's first of all talk about the evidence of the Holy Ghost. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues. Somebody said, well, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is the fruit of the Spirit. It is the continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost. Say these words with me. The initial evidence. The initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues. How do I know that? Because if you go to chapter Acts chapter 2, we just read it. The Bible said when, when they first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible said they all spake with other tongues. Everybody there that received the Holy Ghost spoke with other tongues. Now, here's what happened. The Lord, the Lord experienced to the Gentiles. So, in Acts chapter 10, he calls Peter, and he gives Peter a vision, and he, Peter's a Jew, so he lets all these animals down in this vision in a sheep, and said, Peter, eat this. And he said, I can't eat that. Those things are unclean. And the Lord said, whatever I've made clean is clean. And he gave Peter that vision because while Peter... The, the one that preached at Pentecost and the great outpouring at Pentecost was also called to be a messenger of the gospel to the Gentiles. And there was a man by the name of Cornelius. You go read it in Acts chapter 10. Put up Acts chapter 10 verse 1. And we'll, we'll sh I'll show you this, okay? Here's what happened. The Bible said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, band of the, a centurion of the band called the Italian band. He was a devout man. Everybody say he was religious. He feared God. All of his house, he gave money, and he prayed. That pretty much defined him as a Christian. 
But he needed more. Because when he got to pray it, he saw a vision about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God. Am I here, Brother Tommy? Might get too loud. When he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms, what you've been praying and what you've been giving, come up as a memorial before God. Watch this. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And he lodges with one Simon of Tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Go get Simon Peter. Send some men up there to get him. He's at Simon the Tanner's house. He's going to come and tell you what you need to do. Well, let's skip over. Because they did that. They go to get Simon Peter. They bring him back. Acts chapter 10, about 44. About 44. Brother Tommy, let's go there. 1044. While Peter yet spake these words. Peter preached to them just like he did on the Pentecost. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost, you've got to turn this down, whoever's running this. Yet the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. The Holy Ghost fell. Everybody say the Holy Ghost fell. Well, that's wonderful, isn't it? But let's read the next verse, if you don't mind. Let's read the next verse because I want you to see what it said. And they of the circumcision, I want you to remember this, they of the circumcision were the Jews which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the guilt of the Holy Ghost. The next verse. For, you read it. How did they know they received the Holy Ghost? This is plain as the nose on our face. The only way they knew they received the Holy Ghost was they heard them. The word for means because. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So in Acts chapter 2, the Gentile, or excuse me, the Jews received the Holy Ghost and they spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 10, the Gentiles received the Holy Ghost. And the Bible said they spoke with tongues. So you say, well, that's only two times. No, let's go to Acts chapter 19. If you'll, if you'll go there, Brother Tommy, let's go there real quick. Acts chapter 19 says this. Now, I've got to hurry lest I not get through tonight. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. Watch what he said. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Now watch me real close. Just because you believe, it doesn't mean you have the Holy Ghost. Believing doesn't mean you have the Holy Ghost. Oh, some of you don't believe that. It's more than a simple believism. Your faith will lead you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But your faith or your belief does not fill you with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said in John chapter 3, Except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, 
He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So everybody needs the Holy Ghost. He said in John chapter 8, without, Paul did, without the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. You need the Holy Ghost. So, you know, we have people say, are you saying I have to have the Holy Ghost? No, I didn't say that. Jesus said that. And then here's the other question you get. Do you say that I'm going to hell if I don't speak in tongues? No. I didn't say that. I said you have to have the Holy Ghost, and to have the Holy Ghost, the initial sign is speaking in tongues, because that's what the Bible says. Do you have to speak in tongues? Let's put it this way. Honey, you get to. It ain't that you have to, you get to. It's a great experience. How many tongue talkers we got in this building? It's a real deal. Hallelujah. I said, it's very real. So, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? They said, we, we don't, we've not so, heard, so much heard that there be, well, there be any Holy Ghost. We, we didn't know nothing about the Holy Ghost. He said, how were you baptized? They said, well, we were baptized under John's baptism. That's John the Baptist. The Bible said, Paul looked at them and said, well, John baptized under repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him. That should come after him, that is, on Jesus, on Christ Jesus. So here's what he said. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. They spake with tongues when the Holy Ghost came on them. Why is this such a big deal? Well, let me tell you. Back in the day, speaking in tongues was not real popular. I remember when all of a sudden, Donald, they started calling it glossolalia, and they called it the charismatic movement. We were cool before they were, because we've been believing this a long time. This speaking in tongues thing is, is something that I, 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 I got a hold of as a child. It's very real. It's very genuine. But they spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost, the Jews did. The Gentiles spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Ghost. And just so, just so you know that there is an experience for everybody, John's disciples spoke in tongues when they got the Holy Ghost. Now, I've showed you three instances, and I've read it to you out of the Bible. Let me, let me give you something else to think about. Very quickly, the, uh, I believe it's uh, Acts chapter 8. You can go there, Brother Tommy, and find the Scripture, Brother Tommy, where it says uh, that they had repented and there was great joy in the city. When you get that, just pop it up there. I'll be talking until. Because let me tell you, there is some wonderful, wonderful experience with God. There is joy in repentance. When you come to God and you repent of your sins and you feel clean and all that, all that stuff's gone out of your life and you've got rid of all the dirt that you had and when you go to the waters of baptism and you come out of there, you're washed. You're, you're, I'm talking about the washing of water has been applied to your life and, and the Bible says that baptism is a burial. We bury that old man. We bury that old person. But it's also a birth because when you come out of there, you're going to rise to walk in the newness of life. That's what baptism is. That's why baptism is important. It's baptism of water and baptism of spirit. The Bible said, let, let's, let's back up just a couple of verses and just put it up. Just go to verse 6. That's good. When the people with one accord gave heed unto the things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, watch this. 
For unclean spirits cried out with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many were taken palsies, and that were lame and were healed. Watch this. And there was great joy in the city. Now read on. Watch this. But there was a certain man called Simon. Uh, I want to read on. This is where he's trying to buy his way in. To whom all gave he blah, blah, blah. Let's go on a little further. And to him, let's go a little further. I just want to get the right one. And when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Read on. Then Simon himself believed also. Simon the saucer believed. And he was baptized. And he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, that they heard that Samaria had heard the word of God. They sent unto them Peter and John. Here goes Peter again to preach the gospel. Who, when they were come down, prayed for them, prayed for them, prayed for them, that they might do what? They might receive the Holy Ghost. Watch this real close. For when, for as yet he was fallen on none of them, for they were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were baptized, I read to you, where they believed, but they did not receive the Holy Ghost when they were baptized, and they did not receive the Holy Ghost when they believed. Watch this. They laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. How many of you believe that? You say, well, where is it speaking in tongues? This is the scripture, this is only the only scripture in the book of Acts where it does not specifically spell out that they spoke in tongues. But I want you to see something. Let me read the next verse. Because the Bible said, when Simon saw, everybody say, when Simon saw, something was visible to the eye when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I submit to you what happened three times in the book of Acts happened in Acts chapter 8. Because you got people nowadays saying, well, see there, they got the Holy Ghost didn't speak in tongues. The Bible never says they didn't speak in tongues. The Bible said they received the Holy Ghost when they laid hands on them. And I told, I showed you where Paul laid hands on them, they received the Holy Ghost. Where Peter preached, they received the Holy Ghost. When the book of Acts, when the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2, they received, and they all spoke in tongues. Simon saw something. So this tells me there is a visible sign when people get the Holy Ghost. He offered money trying to buy the experience. Everybody with me? So that's the initial sign of the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, well, th- now I'm going to cross some of your theory. This, this, is, this is Bible, whether you like it or not. The Bible never says that you have to speak in tongues again. The Bible talked about the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Bible talked about praying in the Holy Ghost, but you have to receive the Holy Ghost. The continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost is found in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 through 23. That tells people what you got. Because I've seen people that learn to speak in tongues that were meaner than a snake. They didn't have any more God than a thimble full. Amen. So it's not all just about speaking in tongues. Somebody asked me not long ago, can people learn to speak in tongues? Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you discern the Spirit, you'll know the difference. 
If you get in the Holy Ghost, you'll understand. So, now that is the initial, that's other tongues. That's when people speak in other, speak in other tongues, and the Spirit gives them utterance, and they receive that initial experience of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going into all the continuing evidence tonight, but I do want to know, I want, I want you to notice a couple of things now. The following, the things that I'm going to say, are for people who have already received the experience of the Holy Ghost. The first step is you have to have the Holy Ghost. When the Bible talks about the gifts of the Spirit, everybody say that with me, the gifts of the Spirit. If I talked about the cars of Eric Pearson, first of all, he'd like that because he's a car man. But the cars of Eric Pearson, I mean, that's his cars. Those cars belong to him. If I talked about, if I talked about the cattle of Jimmy Williams, if I talked about the land of David Bolin, it shows possession and ownership. The Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, the gifts of the Spirit. You cannot operate in the gifts of the Spirit without the Spirit. Amen? There is no prophecy. There is no tongues. There is no interpretation. There is no word of wisdom, word of knowledge. There is no discerning of spirits. There's none of the gifts of the Spirit without the Spirit. This is why I went into great depth and told you that, that Romans through Jude is epistles that were written to the church. These are things that were addressed to people who have already had a book of Acts experience. Does that make sense to everybody? So here's the other kind of tongues. It's an unknown tongue. It's praying in a tongue that men do not understand. But God does. And if you, if you have the Holy Ghost, or if you've ever experienced the Holy Ghost, you'll know what I'm talking about when you get down to pray sometime. As a matter of fact, Sue was talking to me this just yesterday. Maybe I've, I've lost track. Maybe it's this morning, Sue, when you call me on the phone. And she said I was praying at, for a certain person and, and began to speak in tongues while I was praying. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Say those words with me. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, now here's what I want you to understand. This is, this is what, what I've learned along the way. G.E. Chance taught me this. You can't be born again and again and again and again and again. You've heard me teach this. When you are born again of the water and the Spirit, that's a one-time thing. If you had to be baptized every time you, you, you committed a wrong, I'd have to stand up here all day and wait on some of you to show up. We can't baptize you every day. Baptism, baptism covers the sins of our life. Understand that. So you, you can't come back and be born again and again. When you're born again, you're a child of God. Watch me here now. But, but when you go away from God, you can be in a backslidden condition. You can be like the prodigal son. You can be away from God. And you can come back into the kingdom of God. Everybody with me? Amen. So I'm teaching you what I was taught. This is what my father, and I've had many discussions over this right here, because I want to make sure I was telling it right. But here's the facts, and I've studied the Word of God, and the Word of God backs up what I'm about to tell you. But here's, here's what happens. When you receive the Holy Ghost, then, then you, have, you have relinquished your body and your tongue and your mind to God. When you pray, 
You can pray in the Holy Ghost. And at times you pray words that are not known to men. Neither do you understand them. But it is edification to your spirit and to the things of God in your life. So here's what the other tongues are. This is what Paul addresses in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, 14. First of all, he talks about the gifts of the Spirit in chapter 12. And he talks about uh, the use of the gifts. He really goes into the tongue speaking in, in chapter 14. Chapter 13, let me say this to you. Never study 12, 13, and 14 without really studying 13. Because it starts like this. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels... And have not charity, I am nothing. He said, I'm a tinkling brass and a sounding, uh, a tinkling brass and a sounding bound symbol. Can't get my words out here tonight. So here's, here's the facts. The love of God has to be in everything you do. Here's what the edification, here's what tongues, the unknown tongues does. It's for the edification of the assembly. It is, it's, to be interpreted by the exercise of a spiritual gift of interpretation. Remember this. Tongues is one gift. Interpretation of tongues is another gift. It's in the nine spiritual gifts. So, so it is to be, it is for a person speaking or someone else speaking in tongues and then you interpreting. The Bible said if you speak in tongues in a service, then you pray to interpret. When it happens, God has spoken to the church, and the church is always, everybody say always, edified. Tongues and interpretation is not to tell you who to marry, how to have a church business meeting, whether or not to go on vacation. He laughed, but that's all been used along the way. It's not to be used that way. Tongues, unknown tongues, is for the edification, the building up of the church. Here's what it's for. Notice these things about tongues in 1 Corinthians 14. They speak unto God. Man don't understand them. In the Spirit, you speak mysteries. You edify yourself. You pray that you may interpret. And secondary to prophecy except there is an interpretation. And it is a sign to the unbeliever. There is a regulation of the use of the unknown tongue in the church service. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 through 28. If you will put that up. Paul said, when you come together, that means when you come to church or in a church service. And the regulation is this. The message in tongues comes by courses. Verse 27, here's what it says. Let's just read that. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation, that all things be done unto edifying. Everything ought to build up. Amen? If any man speak in an unknown tongue, let it be by two, or the most by three, and that by course. So, here's, here's the rule. It's, the Bible said two or three People are, the scripture does not refer to two or three people. It refers to two or three courses. After a maximum of three, if the message is not interpreted, then the speaker needs to remain silent. 
if they still feel like speaking in tongues, the Bible said you speak it to yourself and to God in an orderly manner. There should not be over three courses or messages given in any service, even though they can be interpreted. Because Paul was addressing utter confusion in the church. And that's not the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit. The purpose is to build the church up and to edify God and assign to the unbeliever and to edify oneself. Everybody with me? I'm talking about unknown tongues. You will also note there is the same regulation placed on prophecy in verse 29 through 33. The three parts of the nine spiritual gifts are gifts to speak. That's prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Yet they are not to replace or ever supersede the preached Word of God. The Bible said in that chapter that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. It also tells us, it also tells us that it is for edification and exhortation and for comfort. That's what the Bible said about prophecy, and I believe the same thing applies to tongues and interpretation of tongues. So these spiritual gifts are endowments, are not sent to the church in order to conduct business or, or, or purchase property or, or build a building or, or, you know, that's not what it's all about. It is, it is for the edification of the building up of the body of Christ. The Lord the Lord always wants to build up the church. Amen? It's not used for judgment. It's not to try to scare people to an altar. Well, that's good stuff, whether you believe it or not. You've been around. Some of you have been around long enough, though. I'm right on target here. It is for the purpose of building or edifying the church. It's to be used in prayer. These are unknown tongues. Look, I'll be happy to discuss it. Paul said, I speak with tongues more than y'all. He was a tongue talker. Paul was a tongue talker. Paul said, I speak with tongues more than y'all. But in another place, he said, I'd rather you prophesy than speak in tongues. If there is no interpreter. And I believe in prophecy. And I've heard many prophecies. And I believe it's, it, it, it ought to edify and, and, and it's for the comfort and the exhortation. Uh, of the church. I, I believe that. The edification. I believe that. But also, you can't pick a scripture out where Paul said, I would rather that you prophesy than speak in tongues. Because if you read the rest of that, he said, if there's no interpreter. Amen? So we believe in prophecy. We believe in tongues and interpretation of tongues. These are spiritual gifts that are given to the church. Now, he said, do all prophesy. Do all speak with tongues. And this is where people go. Do all speak with tongues. No. Because here's what you've got to understand about spiritual gifts. God gives spiritual gifts to spirit-filled people for certain things at certain times, for certain ministries. Amen. I've seen preachers that I felt like had the gifts of gift of faith, the gifts of healing, the discerning of spirits. You better learn to get some discerning of spirits. Amen? I believe there's a time that God can drop a word of wisdom on you. 
That's one of the spiritual gifts. A word of knowledge on you. That's one of the spiritual gifts. Amen? But he doesn't give everybody all the gifts all the time. And he doesn't give some people some of the gifts at any time. I believe we can desire them. The Bible said, desire spiritual gifts. Would you put up Romans, uh, excuse me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1? Let me just show you something real quick. Let me show you something. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, this is the way Paul starts. Brethren, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. I want you to understand something. He goes on to say this. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols even as you were led. He said, I give, you un- I, I give you to understand that no man speaketh by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus the curse. And watch what he said. And that no man can say Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost to operate in the gifts. And then he goes on to say this. I wish I could take it verse by verse, and I had time to do it all. There are diversities of gifts. Everybody say different gifts. But it all comes from the same Spirit. It all comes from the Holy Ghost. Okay? Watch this. Next verse, please. There, oh, no, that's right. Back up. There are different administrations, but the same Lord. Different things, okay? But watch this. There are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works in all. In other words, everybody's not going to have every gift. We're the body. The body that's, that chapter goes on to talk about us being the body of Christ. We're members in particular. And, and, and I can't, the, the arm can't say to the leg, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you. The ear can't say to the eye, I don't need you. We all need one another. And we need the spiritual gifts working in our lives. So this is what Paul is covering when we talk about spiritual gifts. And there comes a time in the church, and I want to tell you, we do need the spiritual gifts. And this church does need to operate in spiritual gifts. If we are Holy Ghost-filled people, we need to operate in spiritual gifts. It needs to be orderly. It needs to be decent. It needs to be biblical. It needs to be to edify. It needs to be to build up. Amen? I'm talking Bible with you tonight. So Paul was, they were having trouble with all the spiritual gifts. And he said, I, won't, I don't want you ignorant. I want you to understand what you got to do and what you got to have. And then he goes through verse, or, or chapter 13 and tells you you can't do anything without the love of God. And then he goes into 14 and it's about prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, I'm I'm here to tell you something. Many churches don't want this. Many churches exclude this. I personally heard a pastor of one of the larger churches in this area. He's not the pastor there anymore. But I personally heard him say, I I watched a video of his service, and he said, we believe in speaking in tongues, but we want you to do that at home in your private time. I want you to do that wherever you feel God. If it's at home, good. But if it's in this church, it's okay. Everybody say, it's okay. There's times when tongues does break out in this church, and that's biblical. We can't, now Paul said this, when a visitor comes in, everybody can't be talking in tongues, because they're going to think you're barbaric. They're going to think you're crazy. Well, can you imagine walking into the church and everybody here speaking in tongues? I'll tell you what, some visitors, most visitors, probably 99 and 9 tenths percent do, they would shoot right out that door. 
Because that's not orderly. That's not, de- that's not what he's talking about. But there are times when, when there's, there's, there's spirit moves and people do speak in tongues. People speak in tongues when they are praying. Because the Bible said you pray in tongues. You pray in the Holy Ghost. That's praying in the Spirit. Praying in tongues. You don't understand all of what you're saying. But you're edifying and you're building up. Is anybody with me tonight? So tongues is not hard. It's very simple. I don't want you to make it so mystic and so out there. that. And here's, look, look uh, James chapter 3. James chapter 3, real quick. Oh, my goodness. i got to get through this. James chapter 3. I want to show you why God chose tongues. Okay? Somebody said, well, why did God make it that way? Why didn't He make it you just wiggle your big toe? Why didn't He make it you just run around the church three times? Some folks probably believe that. <laughs> what, why did God do, why did He do this? Well, let's read a little bit, okay? This is in the book of James. Everybody say, an epistle, a letter to the church. He said, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that you shall receive the greater condemnation. Let's read on. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If you can offend not in word, you're a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. In other words, if you, if you can go through life and not offend people by word, you're a perfect man, and you got your whole body under control. Now, the Bible just said that. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in the word, the same is a perfect man and able to also to bridle the whole body. Read on. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Have you ever, have you ever noticed that? You take a 1,200-pound horse and put a bit in their mouth and turn them right, turn them left, whoa, giddy up. Okay, let's read on. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds. Yet they're turned with a very small hem. Whithersoever the governor listens. In other words, the pilot of the ship can say, go right, and turn the rudder, and the ship goes right. What's this? Even so, the tongue. Everybody say the tongue. This little joker right here will get you in trouble. The tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Watch what it says. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, a sin. So the tongue among our, so is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. You didn't know your tongue was so bad, did you? Look what the Bible says about our tongues. How many of you ever got in trouble over your tongue? If you didn't raise your hand just then, you're a liar. You've said the wrong things. You've, you've said things you shouldn't have said. Come on now. And the, for every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things of the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But watch this. But the tongue can no man tame. Everybody say, no man can tame his tongue. It's right there. I just said it. It's right there. So I'm not going. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm just not going to say that. You can't help it. You ever got in an argument? Said I'm just going to shut up. You 
You can't shut up. They just, <laughs> they just keep kneeling. You, you, just, you just, okay. You know? No man can tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Wow. Read on. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Watch this. Read on. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. I'm going to read just a couple more verses. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt, water, and fresh? Who is the wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. I'm going to read just a couple more. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. Here, I'm going to stop. I could take some more verses, but listen to me right now. The reason God chose tongues is because here's why. If God controls your tongue, He controls your body. He controls your hands. He controls your feet. He controls your heart. He controls your mind. You see, our tongue, I just read it, it's the most unruly thing about us. It gets us in more predicaments than I can tell you. Our tongue is a wicked little member of our body. And so the Lord says, I'm going to just take that tongue and take control of it. And when I get control of your tongue, i got control of you. Think about that. So it's not something mystic. That's why Isaiah, way back in the, in the Old Testament, he said, For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. For this is the rest wherewith you shall cause the weary to rest. With stammering lips and another tongue. Have you ever seen somebody get to pray and just... Your jaw just gets to quivering and your lips get to quivering and you're under the anointing and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. That's stammering lips. You know what you need to do? Just release your tongue. Because here's the deal. It's not so mystic. If I can tell you, if I can say, if I can say, David, say praise the Lord, and you say praise the Lord, why couldn't God just come in and take your tongue and whatever you feel coming out of that? You just speak that in the Spirit and speak that unto God and speak that because what it does, it releases your faith and releases your body and releases every faculty of you to God. That's what speaking in tongues is all about. It's very simple. God, watch me right here now. God is not going to grab you by the nap of the neck, shove you down in an altar, grab your tongue, and make you start talking. Not going to happen. Am I going to know what I'm doing? Probably are. Sometimes people are slain in the Spirit. I've seen that. But I've seen many people that knew exactly what they were doing. 
But they, re- they, they just simply released their faith and released their member unto God. Their, their tongue was that unruly member that they released. And when they did, God took over their, their body. That's why all of a sudden their heart felt light. Their mind cleared up. They got out of the altar and they loved everybody. Because the Lord took the tongue and He started speaking through your body and through your mind and through your spirit. And you're speaking in things and saying things to God that I don't have to understand. And nobody else has to understand. And it may sound a little crazy, but it is it is genuinely real when you just start saying it unto God. Get in your private time, and when you feel the Holy Ghost come on you, just start saying it. Just start speaking it. Just start letting it go. Just let the anointing come on you. It's not something. Look, if this was hard, how did 120 get it when nobody had ever received it before? We got the advantage because we know we know we've received it and we're trying to explain it. I'm not sure anybody can ever explain it just right. But here's what I know, that 120 people got it in one room and nobody had ever received that before. 3,000 got it the same day and nobody had to tell them what to do. Amen. And history says 87,000 people received the Holy Ghost before the first persecution. So, so, this is what tongues is. The initial evidence of speaking in to- of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. And then the tongues of the gifts of the Spirit are totally opposite. Are not opposite. Totally different. Totally different. You can't have the gifts without the gift of the Holy Ghost. You can't operate in the Spirit without the Spirit. Does that make sense? You have no authority in the Spirit without first receiving the Spirit. So receive the Spirit and then start praying. And God, you know what? God drops. We don't often just, uh, Brother Roy, we don't just label all the gifts that come to us on a daily basis. But let me tell you something. Many days, God drops a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Now, we don't stop saying, hmm, that was a word of wisdom. We just know God gave us that. We have discerning the spirits. Anybody here ever just felt like someone just right? Been around somebody said, Oh, wait a minute here. I don't I don't feel real good about this. Come on now. I don't I don't think I ought to be here. I don't think I ought to be involved in that. That's the discerning of spirits. We don't just stop and say, Well, bless God, I just got the discerning of spirits. We don't operate like that. But you see, we operate in the gifts daily. A word of wisdom. Come on now. You don't, I don't have time to preach anymore, but, but let me just tell you this. If I had one gift, if I have one gift that I could ask God for, you know what it would be? No. What? The gift of faith. That would be mine. Now, you might ask God, and Solomon did, ask for wisdom and got it. But if I had the gift of faith, and here's why. Because the gift of faith can bring on the gifts of healing and the gift of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and the deserve the gift of faith. If I could just have the gift of faith. And, and, and you know what? Many times God gives us the gift of faith. When we walk through a hospital room and, and we pray and we lay hands on somebody and we believe, the gift of faith comes on us. I believe that. Brother Roberts, you've seen the gift of faith operate. You've seen people healed. 
Many of you in this, in this room have seen the miracles of God. Brother Donnie Mack, I remember when God touched you right here. And the gift of, of faith was upon Jerry Holland. He operated in the gift of faith. I remember that. But tonight we're talking about tongues. So here we go. And I'm, I'm, I'm finishing. Two kinds of tongues. Other tongues, unknown tongues. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 8. All of those are the receiving of the baptism of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul said to the church, here's the way you operate the gifts. Are they important? Yes. Do we need them? Absolutely. Are we going to keep them? As long as I'm here, we're going to believe and preach the gifts of the Spirit. But the facts are this. They're not all jumbled into one package. And you can't jump over in 1 Corinthians 14. This is my final scripture. Rightly divide the word of truth. Everybody say that with me. Rightly divide the word of truth. That's in the scripture. That is a scripture that the Bible says for us to rightly divide. That's why. You've got to take the Scripture and put it in context. Well, let me show you why, and I quit. Because I can go over to Third John where it says, He that loveth God is born of God. So that means anybody that loves God is born of God. But he's writing to the church. He's not writing to sinners. He's writing to saints. Did you get what I just said? So that means that anybody that just loves God can be saying, Well, I'm, I'm saved. And that's the way people look at that. And that's the, way they, that's the way they often believe. That's not the way it is. You rightly divide the word of truth. When God's speaking to the church, you can't take that out of context and put it over here and say, well, this is, this is what you have to do. You find out, remember this statement, you find out how to get saved in the book of Acts, you find out how to stay saved in the epistles. Rightly divide the word of truth. Shall we stand? Ushers are coming right now to receive your offering. I'll take questions right now. I'll take questions. I may not be able to answer them. Somebody here can, though. I'll take questions. I mean this. Don't be, don't be shy. If there's something you don't understand, Mother, hold on. I'll give you the microphone. Go right ahead, guys. Just get the offering. I was just going to say that our missionaries have been ministering overseas in foreign countries and people get the Holy Ghost and speak in English language. Absolutely. And it happens here at home too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Happens just that way. Amen. Is there anybody else? Any, you know, I'll take a testimony. I'll take a question. I'll take... Hopefully I hadn't confused you, Sister Doris. And sometimes, you know, you like you and I are standing here talking. Then all of a sudden they just start speaking in tongues. I have a, a kind of problem with that. I just think, like you say, it's got to be from the Spirit. The Spirit has to give you the utterance. But why do people do that? Why do you, I mean, you talking? You, I mean, because, because they do exactly what the, the Corinthians were doing, and they're misusing the gifts. They're misusing those. They, look. I don't think, and I, it's, it's biblical what you just said. It's non-biblical, let me put it that way. The Bible does say you speak in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. I don't believe you can just be going through Walmart and 
wave of speaking tongues. I'm sorry. I don't get it. But I believe you can be standing in the presence of God. Now, if you and I are standing here talking about God and the Holy Ghost comes on us, yeah, then, then there may be a little speaking in tongues, not to one another, but to God. You don't speak in tongues to one another, but you speak unto God. Okay? So, yeah, that's... that's I, I, years ago, I was an evangelist many years ago, several years ago, way long time ago. And uh, I was down in, in uh, uh, Kenner, Louisiana, and we were having revival. And the pastor and I, we had some visitors one night. I'll probably tell you about this. Two ladies came, so we went the next day. We just go visit them, invite them back to the revival. pastor and I went. And when we walked in, they, they greeted us. and We just sat down there and was talking, and all of a sudden... I mean, we just laughed and talking. They started talking in tongues to one another, and I thought, "Oh, I knew I was in, I was in the wrong place there." You, you can't do that. Now, if you're sitting here having a prayer meeting, the power of God falls on you. Go ahead and lift your hand, speak in tongues. Everybody with me? Look, to you that have not spoken tongues, and there's some here tonight. I want you to understand this: we are not seeking tongues; we are seeking God. Listen to me real close. Tongues is not the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a spirit that you feel. Tongues is what comes with the Holy Ghost. But you don't seek the tongues. When it comes, it just comes natural. And you put your hands up and you start magnifying God. When you have repented of your sins, when you've been baptized in His name, you are ready to receive the baptism of the Spirit. And when you start worshiping God and that comes on you, people get afraid and they fear they fear it's just me. They fear it's not real. They fear, But you have to release your faith and speak unto God in that heavenly language. Okay? So, not saying tongues is the Holy Ghost. I'm saying through the Bible it was the initial evidence. I want you to remember that, the initial evidence. Everybody say the initial evidence. The continuing evidence is the fruit of the Spirit. That's another lesson. Any more questions? Any more comments? Everybody giving the offering. If you didn't give the offering, you can't leave. You've got to stay till Sunday. Amen. I love you all. I hope I've helped you. That was by request. If you've got any questions privately, I'll be happy to take them. I hope I've, I've made that clear for you. And uh, that's where we stand on the gifts of the Spirit and speaking other tongues. I hope we all come here Sunday and God baptizes us with such an anointing that everything in this building does begin to speak in tongues. But it won't be because I told you to. Okay? Love you. God bless you.